besides you, Lord. None besides you, Lord. No other God but you. We lay our lives before your throne. None besides you, Just lift up your hands and say, We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Adore you. We adore you, Lord. We lay our lives before your We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We adore you. Besides you, Lord, no other but you. We lay our lives before your None besides you, Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord? Let's give God a hand of praise. Amen. Just once more, the same request that we made on our second service. Can we just have the believers moving forward? Everybody who's occupying the last five rows and they don't have a child with them, can they just move forward? Everybody who's occupying the five last rows, and they are not taking care of a, a child, can they, can they move five, so that we give space to those who have kids? Can I request the sisters there? If you can just move forward. There's expensive seats here in front where you can get a clear view of the minister. Yes, there's more expensive seats. Can I request the sisters from PE? Let's uh, make our way to the front. Yes, and at the back there, we'll just... Keep it as a Nazarene man. 
you're going to change the key, just give me E, brother. Oh, see to Jesus, are very gentle about it. We are here to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we lift him up high, we lift up our hands. He's worthy to be praised. How many believe that? Let's say it's a wonderful day. How many believe it's a wonderful day when he died for us? Hallelujah. So we were, we had no hope. If, you, if maybe you had some hope, you can be gentle about it and just be calm. But some of us, we had no hope. He took us from a mighty clay. Amen. And it took us on those higher grounds, amen. We can stand in front of believers today and worship him. It's a privilege, amen. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. Oh, yes. It's a wonderful day. 
many believe it's a wonderful day? How many believe it's a wonderful day? Do you believe it's a wonderful day? It's a wonderful day. Oh, yes. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. Oh, yes. through those valley gates, we won't be like we were defeated. We'll be like an army that's coming from war and that has won battles. Amen. Oh! 
shall we bow our heads and pray? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, once again this morning we approach Thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we are so thankful for the atmosphere that is prevailing in this place this weekend. Father God, we thank you for the way and the manner in which you have spoken to us, Father God, yesterday. And Father God, this morning we come under expectation. Father God, we expect the Father God to speak to us this morning once again. Father God, we thank you so much, Father God, for the wonderful testimonies that we've heard yesterday. Father God, we are so happy to know that you are the God of the present tense. Oh, Heavenly Father, remember David wasn't happy. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, Gideon wasn't happy. Father God, when he heard about the stories that his grandfathers were telling him about how this God took them out of uh, Egypt and uh, baptized them through um, the Red Sea. But Father God, he had a question. He said, if God be with us, where is all the miracles? Oh, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that, to know that we have a God, Father God, that is with us in this day. We had... Father God, how wonderful, Father God, Father God, um, how wonderful things you've done, Father God, for Lord God, our brother, oh Heavenly Father. May you bless us this morning, Father. Lord God, we open our hearts, Lord God, to thee. Father God, that you will uh, speak to us this morning, oh Heavenly Father. Take away everything that is, uh, Father God, ungodly in us, oh God, Father God, and let us, Father God, accept whatever will be coming out of the pulpit, oh God. May you bless everyone that is here, Father God. May you answer every request, O oh God, every need that we have, Lord. Father God, may it be granted unto us, Lord. Bless the service, O oh God. Bless the minister, O oh Heavenly Father. May you anoint him. May he say, Father God, what you have, O oh God, commanded him to say. Bless us, O oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go to our song testimonies, let's say we stand and lift up our hands. I think it's Stand and lift up. We stand and lift up our hands. 
Every prayer. 
Jesus is watching and waiting for you, willing and able to see you through. No need to worry, he knows what to do. Came to tell you he's waiting on you. He is rest for the weary and strength for the lame. He's passing out blessings. There's one with your name. Joy, peace. He's waiting on you, mending and healing, heart fixing is free, inside is promise, a miracle to see, reach out and touch him, get Joy, peace, deliverance, salvation. 
Hallelujah. If we can just uh, ask the elders to collect the offerings from the children of God. Let's say, I say yes, Lord, I say yes. I say yes, Lord. I say
sit on our feet and just worship the Lord. gathered again in your holy name father god and we can truly say oh god this is the best choice best decision that we ever made oh god father god but it is not because of our will oh god because of you that we are here oh god and we say thank you this morning oh god father god we bring the tithes and offerings oh god before you oh god and we pray oh god may you bless it to the furtherance of your kingdom oh god Heavenly Father God, it is not our hard work, O God, but it is your mercy and your grace, O God. And we say thank you this morning, O Lord. Heavenly Father God, as we, Father God, surrender now, O Lord. Father God, to hear from you, O Lord, we say, O God, may your word, O God, move from heart to heart this morning, O God. May you speak to us, O God. Father God, and may we leave this place today, O God, knowing, O God, in our hearts, O God. Father God, that we are not the same this morning, O Lord. And we say thank you now, Lord. We pray, O Lord. Father God, come and have your way, O God. Come, O Lord, and may your will, O God, be done this morning, O God. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Without any waste of time, we may take our seats. I'll welcome our deacon. We greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I think we we had a good rest. Um, hope we travel safe from our different places. So may God richly bless you. Those who are here for the first time on my left hand side, when you go out, and there is some restrooms there. But obviously, the uh, the elders of the church at the back, they will be able to assist you. 
with anything that you you don't understand or maybe you want to be helped and then um so uh, another thing is that um oh i've got a cd here for skosana family it's called back to our faith so um you can see brother masuma oh there's um the brother masuma so if you want uh, this city back to the faith by skosana family then you can see brother masuma there and then he will tell you how much and how to get them so god bless you and then um all right there is a, a gift here Maybe if he doesn't have an owner, I need one. Oh, God bless you, sister. Oh, all right. I nearly had a gift for Christmas. So, God bless you. I think um, um, we, we will now hand over the service to our dear pastor. So, thank you for coming, and we really appreciate. I mean, this convention will not be possible without you. So, we say, may God richly bless you all. So as we said, we came here with different um, needs and expectations, but as long as we are under anticipation, God will meet our needs. So we've had great uh, men of God from yesterday, and then we heard about a great testimony by our dear brother, um, a friend of mine, Brother Ray, and then he really blessed us yesterday. Amen. So I think there is a DVD, if you missed that one, it was really a blessing, it was an uplifting, so may God richly bless you, my brother. So, and then the pastor took us in the afternoon with proving um, ground. So, it just, it, it just complimented what the brother told us in the morning. So, may God richly bless you, pastor. So, let us stand on our feet and then welcome our local and dear pastor, Pastor Madiba. So let us sing a song, Brother Mtokozisi. God bless you, Pastor. Oh, how I love How many love him? worship in this morning.
many were blessed last night. Amen. Hallelujah. The earth is God's proving ground. Amen. And then we, we are going to pick up where we left off. How many love uh, Pastor Crosby Maliko? Amen. There's a confirmation you are loved. Amen. Now, I'm not going to take much of time because I'm anxious to hear what God has got in store for us this morning. So, without waste of time, I think we're just going to proceed to the word. Amen. And then just come and sing another song, worshiping song, as the pastor comes to the fore. A round of applause for Brother Crosby. Amen. I think, I think yesterday God was just preparing you, capacitating you to understand well, that whatever trial that you are going on, there is a reason. Amen. How many were blessed by when Brother Ray mentioned and debated with a top specialist and telling the top specialist, my daughter's hair shall never be cut. <laughs> hey, this message makes us to, these are the exploits that the scripture spoke about. While the doctors were worried about their life, the man was worried about the hair. God, God will test your loyalty. God bless you richly. Just a worshiping song as the man of God comes to the fore. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of Above all, yes. Amen. 
Do you love the Lord this morning? It is of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. And great is thy faithfulness. I like that scripture. It simply means if you went to bed last night distressed and God allowed you to wake up this morning, you can say, I've got brand new grace. I don't have to stress about yesterday. Amen. Brother Branham says, if you drive your car looking in the rear view mirror, you will crash. Amen. If I survived last night, I'll survive a few more nights. Praise the Lord. So I'm glad to be here this Christmas of 2016. Means according to God's diary and program, you foreordained this day before the foundation of the world. And you put Brother Ray in the proving ground so that you could have a testimony today. And then out of that testimony, we can show you why things are the way they are. That it's only just but a proving ground. You don't buy a car just because you started it and it showed that it, it, can, it can move. You put it through the pace. Because you might have a breakdown on the motorway thinking that you got yourself a good car. Yet the car has been doctored with castor oils and stuff to make it appear like it can go to Cape Town. Yet it can't even go to Pretoria. You can also buy some horses. The horses will be so pacified. You think this is a gentle horse. It's the right one for my wife. But after the lemon verbena is worn out, your wife will be tipped over. And then you realize you brought a wild horse that had not been broken. So similarly, God will not put us in the rapture before he knows that we have the rapturing faith. And before we can be a people that have rapturing faith, we must first rapture our circumstances. Rapture that poverty. Rapture that sickness. Then you can rapture a body. Amen. If you are expecting in the twinkling of an eye, that's a serious faith that's required. And it needs serious breakfast power. If you have an engine the size of a scooter and you are expecting to take off like a rocket, it's not going to happen. So earth is God's proving ground. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? I always tell people wherever I go to preach that I'm not a very deep person. So I like to compensate with a bit of some noise. So if you say amen a lot, it makes me feel like I'm saying something worthwhile. Because I realize my depth. Just like I know I'm short. Amen. I also know my frailties in the way that I preach. So noise makes me comfortable. Amen. I'm not one of those studious people that will make you say, okay, get the point. Amen. I don't have much of a ministry, but I just listen to the tapes and pick out something. And then a sermon emerges. So I cannot tolerate those that undermine Brother Branham because then I become redundant. I have no ministry because a lot of it is coming from the coats. 
And the answers to the things that I go through in life are coming out of them very coats. If my prophet tells me Garnet met the specification, then I realize that what, I, what you are going through, it's just an engine being twitched and being overpowered, being put some table until you meet the specification. Amen. And you understand that that was the language that was used in the automobile industry. Specification, proving ground, put it through the paces. So cancer might come through your way simply because the devil has got to be shown what is in you. You cannot have a testimony unless you've been tested. Amen. It's good to be to hell and back and tell that there is nothing out there. I still love this message. Amen. The message will remain appropriate till the rapture. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I'm very unapologetic in the way that I am. That's why I chose to dress like a dictator. Praise the Lord. Because I want to detect to the devil that I'm in charge. I'm an autocrat. I believe in only one way. And that's the message way. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? I, I greet you once again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to also greet the home folks that are probably streaming online. Amen. If technology is not having its way on the etherwaves, I trust that our home church is also streaming. Amen. So uh, I would like to greet everyone. Amen. Uh, just to uh, know that we have been received well. We've been well kept. I'm living in an executive lounge. The bedroom I'm sleeping in, I wish I was not preaching. Praise the Lord. I'm nowhere in an airship. I'm in the epitome of luxury in Whitbank. I just want the home folks to know that there are places where I'm well looked after. Amen. So, to God be the glory. Praise the Lord. You see, the problem with people is when you hear England, you think so highly of it. No, we are only there because of the gospel. We prefer to be here in Africa. Because this is where the reality of the message can only be experienced. Amen. 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 This is where an old woman in a village without good road networks and no money to go to a hospital, when they are confronted with a sickness, they will lay their hands and believe that scripture that says, believers shall lay hands and they'll get the results, praise the Lord, before they can even, they don't even have air time to choose to call for an ambulance. So that's the only time you can experience the reality of the message when someone can call glory and get an immediate result. So Africa is the place for any spiritual person or anyone that wants spiritual expedience. Amen. So to God be the glory for you Africans. I'm an African through and through. Amen. And I love everything about Africa. It's color. Amen. It's weather. Amen. It's food. Praise the Lord. I was with a brother of mine. He said, let me take you to Mall of Africa. He took me to Mall of Africa. I said, oh, this is wonderful. But we are used to this. We've got boring. You can't take me to a shopping mall. I, we, we come from where shopping malls are galore, you know, too many. Praise the Lord. And then I said, take me to Soweto. And then they took me to Soweto. I said, now this is the Mall of Africa. 
Amen. And we had our dinner at that restaurant in Soweto where there was Papne, eh? Papne, and all the stuff that was there, proper ethnic stuff. And I said, now I can tell people I went to the Mall of Africa. Amen. You can't show me that there is, there, is, there is designer shops here. We are fed up of those things. I want to see authentic Africa. Amen. Something that resonates well and tells you we are home. And I'm glad to have a friend like Brother Madiba and all the ministers that are here, Brother Tinashe, Brother Ray, all the folks. I just want to salute you for the glory of God and thank you. You are a good audience. You make half a preacher a preacher. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you look at a preacher, especially who is not deep like I am, quietly, you'll get disorientated. And then you can tell when a preacher is disorientated. He just says, no, the, the Lord just wants me to go to Samaria. No, 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 no. This is a convention. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are here to uplift one another. Amen. Amen. It's the pastor who does the house cleaning and all that stuff. Praise the Lord. We are here to just show, amen, what God can do by the angle that you also perceive things. Because you come from the angle that God shows you in scripture. Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. Uh, as we remain standing, let's turn to our Bibles. Someone will say, hey, we want to sit quick. Well, I'll be standing for most of the time, so I don't mind if you stand with me. Praise the Lord. Psalms chapter 34. This happens to be my favorite psalm in the entire Bible. So I've got a favorite book in the Bible, favorite psalm in the Bible, favorite chapter in the Bible. Amen. Those are the comfort blankets I have, my little teddy bears when I'm disillusioned. Praise the Lord. Psalms chapter 34. Mm. I want to start from, normally start from verse 1 because I just love it the way it just sounds. It says, I will bless the Lord at some times. Even in adversity. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Amen. David said, in God we boast all the day long. Amen. The only time you are required to be humble is in your attitude towards the Lord and to his people. Amen. But all the time is boasting. Amen. Boasting is the the demeanor of a Christian who knows who he is. That's what Elijah did at Mount Carmel. Showdown. He says, yeah, you do all you have to do. Let me go and uh, I'll come when you are done and then I'll tell you. I'll say, right, let the fire fall. He says, call upon your God. He says, is he asleep? Because he knew that his God delivers with power and on time. No negotiation. That's the kind of faith you should have. That's the anointing of Elijah for you to know that he will never fail you. Amen. If you are going through a tough time, it's not to kill you, but it's to prove you. Amen. And if you take the right kind of attitude, you'll be out of that trial before you know it. Job's trial was not a lifetime. It was a year. Amen. 
The sooner you get it in your head, that attitude determines altitude. Attitude determines outcome. The sooner you get that in your head, the sooner the devil is out of your system. Because the devil will not waste time on a believer who knows what he is, who he is. The prophet of God says, the devil is still in business. Amen. If he's still in business, it means he pays his bills very well. He's not been evicted from his shop. And he pays his tax year after year until the government does not see a need to close him down. And he's making profit. That is why he's still in business. You can't continue in business when you are breaking even or running a loss. Sooner or later, you'd have to pack that business away. So if the devil is still in business, it means he knows that tempting this one is profitable, but tempting this one, I will have a loss. He will kick me and possess the gate of the enemy because that's what our prophet says. You possess the gate of the enemy after a trial. My, 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 my. I feel religious already. Amen. So Psalms chapter 34, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my from all my which means there were many fear of being divorced, fear of children growing wild, fear of being broke, fear of not making it for the rapture, fear of sickness, fear of this, fear of that. He sought the Lord and he was delivered out of all his fears. It came to a point where he says, there's the one remaining fear and God dealt with it. He had a checklist of his fears and God was dealing with each fear all the time. Are you with me? So if you have fears, seek the Lord and he will deliver you out of your fears. Amen. He says, they looked unto him and were lightened. And their faces were not ashamed. That's the beauty of being a Christian. You will not be ashamed. But when you start, and everybody knows your mess, and everybody knows what you're going through, and everybody is aware of how things are out of control, you almost think that you'll be ashamed. No, hang in there. You will, when your mess has been dealt with by the mercies of God, you will not be ashamed. Are you with me? There's this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. If a poor man cries, it means you emerge out of, out of that crying if the Lord hears you, a rich man. This poor man cried. Now, a lot of you want to put poor to always spiritual things that poor in spirit, poor in things like that. Now, before we can go to the spiritual things, let's deal with the natural ones. Mm. Praise the Lord. It says here, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and 
delivereth them. That is why Job had to have the hedge lifted off. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Now that word trust, when things are obvious, you don't invoke it. You can't say to somebody, trust me, I've got money, when you are actually showing them a bank statement with money. It's when you've got no money, then you say, trust me, God will make a way. So whenever you see the word trust, it means the outcome is not obvious. It's not perceivable by sight. But trust means that if you hold on to your trust, somehow God will make a way. That is why Mordecai said to Esther, trust in the Lord. It is for such a time you've been put in there. If you don't take advantage of your position, no doubt God will send deliverance. You've just missed an opportunity. Because Mordecai trusted in the Lord. Mordecai understood that it's not over until the Lord says it's over. Mordecai understood that my life is not in nobody's hands. Despite the gallows being constructed and everybody seeing the gallows, he still said, my trust, my trust is in the Lord. And says, trust in the Lord. So, you can't tell somebody, trust me, when everything seems obvious. It's when there is no money at home and nothing, and your wife is asking, what are we going to do? And then you say, let's trust in the Lord. Just when you finish that, you hear a knock on the door. Somebody was actually led to come to your house with your groceries. That's what trust can do. You don't use the word trust. When everything is apparent. No, you see that it's there. You don't need to trust. I trust that I am in Whitbank. No, I am in Whitbank. I was trusting that I will come when I was over there. Because anything could have happened between my departure from England and my arrival in Joburg. But my trust is when I can't perceive the outcome. So when the Bible says trust in the Lord, it means there comes a time that you can't quite see clearly the outcome of what you're going through. That's when trust is required. If you say to your wife, trust me, I know what I'm doing. You are saying, I can't explain to you a plausible explanation that will make you say, oh, I see. Now I understand. Oh, so is this that? Is this why this will come out like this, like this? Oh, what a clever plan, my husband. When I say trust, I mean trust me because even I probably don't have an explanation that I know will satisfy your curious mind. So trust is required when there is no plausible explanation. When you are going through what you are going through and it doesn't seem like God is in it, that's the time to trust him. Amen. Listen to this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I like that oh, taste. God will not impose himself on you. When you taste, you actually determine whether I like this, whether it's too hot, it's mild. If you like a curry, you taste it first and you say, ah, let's put some more heat or you taste it and say, this is bland. Amen. 
If you like a vindaloo, you know that it's different to a madras. You know it's different, amen, to all various types of curries. Praise the Lord. And that's my Indian coming out because my great-grandmother was an Indian. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, taste is to allow you to make a choice after you've sampled. So, God will make you sample his grace and then leave you to decide whether to proceed. So, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Then he says, oh, fear the Lord. That's admonition. Ye, his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. David is simply saying, if a lion is young, before it's proficient in its hunting, it can literally starve when the zebras in the national park and buffaloes because it has no skills of hunting such big game. So it might actually die of starvation. But a child of God who seeks the Lord all the time according to the principles of God, there is no lack. There is no want. Are you with me? My, 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 my. Says here, Come, ye children, yearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that ye may see good? How many would like to see good? This is the prescription and the recipe for seeing good. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry. And the Lord heareth. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken. And save it such as be of a contrite. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of some of them. And then the psalmist just throws in this scripture, verse number 20, and he says, He keepeth all his bonds, not one of them is broken. That scripture is just thrown in. It has no continuity with what was going on and what was being talked about. It's talking about God protecting his people, this and that and that, just slotted in just like that. And those that know the Bible, that scripture pertains to the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's speaking about Calvary and what happened at Calvary. It's actually 
the prophetic scripture to John chapter 19. Let's go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. John chapter 19. That scripture which says, not one of his bones will be broken in his body. Mark that word, body. After this, verse number 28, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Which means Christ was satisfied that every prophecy concerning his death was fulfilled. Every particular prophecy was fulfilled. But there was only one which remained unfulfilled. And he says, Now there was set a vessel of vinegar and filled them a plunge with vinegar and put it upon his soap and put it in his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the, the bodies should not remain upon the cross the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was nigh, was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other that was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spy with a with a spear, sorry, pierced his side and brought and forthwith came there out blood and water. That was the imaging of the bride. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Gracious Father, Lord, we have read from your holy word. Here are your people who have spent months and months preparing for this convention, asking to meet with you. Lord, I plead your blood and I pray that you might put me aside and speak to your people like you only know how to. I pray that you might move in this place like never before. Raise us an octave higher from last night. Lord, we'd like to build all our sermons based on the testimony that is so powerful that we have had. That everything at the end of the meetings might minister something and bring hope to the believer to encourage the discouraged, to bring back the backslider into the fold, and Lord, to uplift the church to another level. We thank you for our precious pastor, Brother Madiba, the helps and governments, the saints, the believers, and even other pastors that have cooperated. Brother Mahero was also here. May you, Lord, undertake for him and make a way in his life as well. We pray that you might bless this sermon and bless the speaker and the hearer, that together we might be elevated to heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We bless your name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. Praise the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Now, 
when Christ had seen that every scripture on the list was catered for, he said, it is finished. But there still remained one more scripture that needed to be dealt with. That was the breaking of the bones of the body, which was prophesied in Psalms chapter 34, which says not one of the bones will be broken. So the prophecy of that scripture had to be fulfilled in Christ after his death. So here is a soldier going about his business because they probably had a regiment of what to do when a body has been crucified that you follow it with the last act of breaking the bones. So they went about and saw the first body that was crucified, probably the thief at the cross, that broke him. Because the thief of, at the cross did not have any spiritual significance. And then they went to the other person and then they broke the, the bones. And then they went to Christ. They saw that he's already dead. So there's no need to have this process. Rather, the soldier just picked up a spear and pierced his side and out of him gushed water and blood. That was the coming of the bride. The bride came as the body of Christ. So according to prophecy, the bride cannot be broken. Because he says, not a bone shall be broken out of his body. And I know that the bride is the body of Christ. According to Zerubbabel, he comes with a capstone, which is the head. And the body is here. Somebody say amen. Now we are the body of Christ, which means we are unbreakable. That's where we are. We cannot be broken if we are the body of Christ. Because not a bone will be broken. Which means, brother, as we stand as the body, as we are put through the proving ground, not a bone will be broken. It doesn't matter what you go through. If you are bright material, what you go through can't break you. It can only make you. <laughs> I feel religious already. Oh, my, my, my. I could close my Bible and go home. I've done preached my sermon. I've just told you, if you are the body of Christ, you cannot be broken. If you are a Pentecostal, I don't know. If you are a Methodist, I don't know. But if you are a body, you are waiting for the capstone. You cannot be broken. It doesn't matter what you go through. You can actually make your bed in hell. You will not be broken. So my title this afternoon or this morning or this evening, whichever time you subscribe for, because some of you are streaming, praise the Lord. My title is Unbreakable. Unbreakable. If you are putting a car through the paces and the engine has been meticulously made, it will not break down. If you've been put in the proving ground and you've been put the pace and you've got the engine of a Lamborghini, you will not break if they rev you higher because your rev count is too high. But if you put a rev count on a scooter, it will break. Somebody say amen. How many say we are unbreakable? Oh, let's make it a slogan because not a bone will be broken in the body. And I know I'm the bride of Jesus Christ and I cannot be broken. I cannot be broken. 
I might go through some mess, but I know that somehow, way, there is a God that makes sure that I will not be broken. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you are unbreakable. I don't know what you're going through. That thing, greater is he that is in you than he that is in your problem. You are higher and bigger than your problem. Tell the devil, bring it on me. I am unbreakable. Oh my, 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 my. Somebody shout, I am unbreakable. There's not enough devils in hell that will suppress a child of God. There is not enough spirits that can conquer a child of God. You are unbreakable. If it came as a prophecy from the Old Testament and was manifested in Christ and then a bride was cast out, that bride is unbreakable. Somebody say amen to that. My, 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 my. We are not told or taught to account for your affliction. We only have to go to scripture. And the scripture tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will not break you out in there. The Lord, we will deliver you. Oh my, 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 my. The God that I serve, he knows your size. He counts the hairs that fall out of your head. He knows who you are by name. All your temptations are tailor-made. He will not give you what you can't overcome. That is why he knows this will break this individual. This will not break this individual. You are unbreakable. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. This is a convention, a time to have a good time in the Lord. A time to tell the devil what you brought upon my life in January. In December, I have been told I am unbreakable. There is not enough devils in hell that will take me out of my comfort zone. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Somebody give me a healthy amen because I am unbreakable. There's not enough devils in hell to stop my destiny, to stop what has been meant for me. What's mine is coming to me. Who I am, I'm getting to my destination. Nothing in between will break me because I am unbreakable. Hallelujah. Is there someone that says, I am unbreakable? I'm listening to your decibels and I'm wondering which church to preach to. I want to divide these churches into two. I see this side and I see that side. Because you want where the pool is. Because it might help you to preach. Praise the Lord. How many here feel they are unbreakable? Oh my, 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 what a wonderful congregation. Maybe these ones want to outdo you. But I'll give you another chance. How many here feel are unbreakable? Hey, you guys had an advantage. You saw their decibels. Let's give them another start. How many feel they are unbreakable? Somebody shout, unbreakable. Somebody shout, unplackable. Because after I finished preaching unbreakable in my church, I then preached unplackable. Because no one can pluck you out of his hand. Hallelujah. You are unplackable. For the devil to have power over you, he has to become a brother. To know our inside secrets. Amen. You are unbreakable. Oh, 
I see that both of you are enthusiastic. So uh, let's just combine it and make it one church. How many want to shout, I am unbreakable? Or let's shout it until the devil hears it. I am unbreakable. I am unbreakable. You know what we've just done right there? We've shaken off some, de- some demons of depression. We've shaken off some things that want to break you down. That little you that lives in the big soul that says, Ini, mini, insi, wini, me. Hey, man, that little you that cries for pity parties, let it shout, I am unbreakable. Hallelujah. Blessed be his holy name. Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Now, I want to take you through a story. Stay with me and watch the dates. Because God never does anything in the spiritual before he types it. Is that right? Is that right? Every natural achievement and every spiritual achievement is a forerunner of what the bride should be. When you hear now that they've invented inter uh, uh, high-speed fiber optic broadband, where things just happen wirelessly, we can transport, transmit information while you're just, just, you know, pinging and doing things like that. It means, spiritually speaking, the spoken word power, where you just speak and things happen, is in season. All it simply means, brothers and sisters, is that we must find where there is good network. We do not want to find where things are just buffering. You are trying to download a spiritual sermon to put on application in your life. That's why we are in the days of apps. So right now, I'm making you download an app called Unbreakable. Amen. You are in the middle and the process of downloading an app. So we don't want a network which stops in between the download and says insufficient data. So when we say amen, we are creating a a network that just goes, just drops the software into our computer, into our database, into our soft, into our hardware. So that we now know and tell the devil that after December, I'm unbreakable. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Now, the issue of breaking a person is actually a tactic that soldiers use when they capture an enemy. They use torture to break you, to sell the secrets of your country that you've come from, to make you drop all your patriotism. So when they catch you, they'll waterboard you, which is the worst type of torture. Where they say, lie, they they start to drop some water on you. You will feel like you are drowning. Yet they just says, tell us. Who is the one that's heading this secret mission? And then they first starve you. Then they make you feel so thirsty you need some water. Then they start to drop drops of water. You Because they want to break you. Says, oh no, I'm so thirsty. Lord. Let me tell you, it's it's brother, so and so and so and so and so and so, general, so and so and general, so so so. Just give me some water to drink. Says, no, 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 it's a process. Whatever information you release, you might get a sip. Because they want to break you. 
And then when they see that you are unbreakable, they say, no, no, this guy needs another level of torture. Say, now we have, is this the photo of your wife? Says, yes, yes, yes. That's my wife. Is this your children? Yeah, your children right now are at break time at school. This is your, the photo of your children right now. And uh, tomorrow they were supposed to go. They'll tell you information that you know. So that they want you to know that we are actually in control. We've got surveillance around your family. So if you tell us what you want, what we want, we could uh, arrange some asylum to either England, Germany, and we'll put you in a witness protection program. You will change your identity, passport, praise the Lord. Uh, judging by your skin shade, uh, we could relocate you to South Africa and give you a, a, a South African name and call you Slamini. And if you're a colored and you've got that shade, they'll tell you, no, we'll put you in Dubai and we'll call you Sharif. Because you look like people from the Middle East. But tell us the secret missions. They will torture you. You would have already been schooled as a soldier that they shall capture you, they shall torture you. Don't disclose. Because you've been told about the torture theoretically. But the practicality of what you are going through Ah, uh, some people say, hey, 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 if it's touching my children, let, sit me down, give me some food. I'll tell you everything. I'll even tell you what you didn't ask for. So that's the ta ta tactic that secret services use. That's what they used to do to people like Steve Biko. Until they could see that this man is not breakable, you, you end up dying. So the devil, when he comes with pressure upon your life, he wants to break you. And the devil always looks for the weakest point. Don't be the weak link in the family. Based on your proclivity and the way that you think. Let God have his way. And you must know that all is well. Many are the afflictions. Many are the tortures. But the Lord delivers from out of them all. So torture is meant to break you. So what you're going through is meant to break you from your focus in the message, from your focus with your God, from your focus with your family, from your focus with what you are supposed to do. That's why I'm telling you, you ought to tell the devil, I am unbreakable. That is why you find most of those suicide bombers, when they are caught, they are put on suicide alert. They would rather commit suicide than actually release information about other terror cells. So when they arrest them, they make sure that they are kept under lock and key that they don't kill themselves before they are broken to release information. Message believers, you are ignorant of the fact that we are heading towards a squeeze. And the squeeze is where real people that have been in the message will manifest and those that were under Lemon Vibina we will also see. 
Because the squeeze is not called a squeeze. It's naturally meant to break you. That's why the prophet says the third pool will be more effective during that time when you are supposed to be broken. During the squeeze, you will find ministers. We will tell you, no, I wasn't really a message believer, but I mean, I knew that that's the thing that attracts people to the message. The actual real me is, I'm actually a Catholic. Because we are coming to where you shall be tortured, you shall be asked, we are killing you for what you believe. Right now, we are still worshipping in the Marriott, it's nice. See Jabula, hallelujah. There shall come a time that worship shall be something of high value. That's why I'm telling you, take advantage of it. You will never be able to shout unbreakable when your neighbor is squealing on you that that's the person. These are the message believers. So right here, while you can, while you can amass the power and the courage, shout unbreakable. My, 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 my. Do you love the Lord? So before God makes a reality of a type of the, of the, of the, of what he means or what he says or what he is earmarked for the bride. He types it in the natural. Is this working? Okay. Here's what the prophet says. Everything in the natural types the spiritual. Are you aware of that? Everything in the natural types the spiritual. Regardless. Certain things that you think they are just happening. They are actually signaling the astute bride member that this is a time. If the world is behaving this way, this is what we ought to be doing. Are you with me? So I want to start with submitting this man from America in the 18th century, just before Pentecost. Amen. This man is called Marshall Walter Major Taylor. He was born in November 1878, and he died in 1932. He was an American cyclist who won the world one mile, 1.6 kilometer trek cycling champion in 1899, after setting numerous world records and overcoming racial discrimination. Black men in a cycling sport. Cycling is a white sport. But he went there and he became the best. The question I have is, where did he get money to buy a bicycle? Number one. And number two, if he had an improvised bicycle, he trained with it to still become number one. He was walking into a stadium when there is everyone white because it was a white-dominated sport. No cheers. Nobody saying, come on, Marshall. You shall see when Marshall steps on that pedal. Come on, Marshall. They were all white people saying, mm-hmm. who made that nigger come into this race? Cycling is not for niggers, man. Go to the plantation. But he actually became, Taylor was the first African-American athlete to achieve the level of world champion and only the second black man to win a championship after Canadian boxer George Dixon. Look at the time. 
they achieved against every obstacle. I can imagine them trying to get into a race and someone just comes with raw eggs and says, yeah, come on you. He still went on his bicycle and says, I am going. Those things are enough to break you. Oh, you know it is some of you who haven't been long saved. You know that when you are playing soccer, says, ah, we lost because we were playing away. We had no home advantage. Yeah, you see the way everyone was looking at us when we walked in. We were playing away. But when we go home, yeah, when you go home, you hear people saying, Sia Jabula Pupu Fuzulela Kaiser Chiefs is playing home. Orlando Pirates is playing home. So they say, yeah, because they beat us one nil when we were away. When we come home, we thrash, we suspect that. You know those pundits that speak? And don't you try and pretend to be spiritual on me. You read newspapers, you know what I'm talking about. Don't tell me you don't know Oscar Pistorius. Ah, 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 See, because they beat us one meal at their home ground. When they come to us, we are going to beat them two one. Because we have home home ground advantage. I don't understand home ground advantage. What I know is that a Christian, right now we are playing our soccer in the home ground. We are in church. The atmosphere is right. We are going to work when the holiday is over against the enemy. We will still win because we'll be playing away. We win at home and away. <laughs> We win at home and away. In church, we win. We say, Amen. We've started our service with the song service. And items and special, the atmosphere was rising. We are winning over the devil at home. And we also win away. When you go to work on a Monday, there's no song service as you walk in. To create the atmosphere to overcome. <laughs> that is why you can't be a Christian that says, ah, you know, I felt so low, I was overwhelmed. We are already told that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So that's why we win at home. Here we are creating a big pillar of fire, your lick and my lick, but there when there is no pillar of fire, I'm still in control. At home, somebody shout, at home and away. At home and away. Away and at home. We win. The ethos is, if you want to win at home, you are praising God. We are warming one another with our pillar of fire. But away... You need to have your pillar of fire. So now if you are a person who thrives on tears, you only feel that you know know, the people did not support me. Do you know that although I've asked you to say amen, I can still preach without saying, ask you to say amen. Because I win at home and away. I'll just hammer the word, you'll find yourself saying amen. I just have to shut my eyes and ignore that you are here and just stick with my sermon. 
I win at home and away. That's the mentality of a believer. You shouldn't be a person that says, yeah, you know I'm leaving church because Muruti is not there for me. You need human validation. What if Muruti is depressed? <laughs> you are going through your issues. He's also going through his issues. Says, yeah, but this is my Muruti. So I phoned him. His phone went on voicemail. So I'm leaving church. I want to find a Muruti that will always be with me and tell me when I need them, they are there. You need to realize that in this message, in this message, you tap into a gift. It's not the gift tapping into you. You tap into a gift. (laughs) Now, if you worship with human expectation, that's when the devil outmaneuvers you with the kind of things that you think is support because you are serving God with a humanistic expectation. That is why when you are, you, are, you are clouded with self and the world, even your dreams can minister to you better than a sermon. I know I dreamt it. God showed me. If you believe your dreams that much, how many people, let's not raise our hands, but let's be honest. How many people have had dreams that they wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, it was just a dream. This one I can't even tell my wife. That I was in Somalia and I was a witch. (laughs) So if you listen to your dreams and they minister to you in such a way that, yeah, I dreamt it, God showed me. What about the other things the devil manipulated? It's a spiritual realm. And it's subject to manipulation. And I will never be naive to say, ah, brother, when that sister dreams, it's got to be true. No, 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 no. I would rather wait when it happens. Ah, actually, that sister's dream was true, eh? Nay, this is what the sister dreamed. Not to tell you that your dream was God. Because we come from various backgrounds. Some, some people are spiritually inclined. They can tap into the supernatural quite easily. Not because they are spiritual. They are spiritually inclined. They grew up in Zion Church. Then they went to my pastory. Then, so whatever you talk about in the spiritual realm, these are the ones that they can never use the message because they quickly say, let's go and pray to the mountains. Because it's something that they are used to and it comes natural. So it's easy for them to say, brother, we need to take a three days fast. Do you know, brother, how many have ever heard some people that have testimonies that say, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. Let me tell you, your prayer I cannot do nothing to God unless you apply the word. Because if you have someone that comes from the apostory, those people can conjure spirits. They can go into what they call Masowe for seven days, dry fast, it being just a demonic expedition. When they begin to sing, you get an impostor here and says, let's sing. Their song service is not like ours where we stand up and say, they just, Tena, Kombere Masimba, 
They will do that for seven hours. So if your measure of spirituality is these things that make your hair stand, you ought to go to a witch doctor. Your hair will stand before you get in. That's why we ought to tell you, brothers and sisters, that we've got to be astute message believers that know where we are, whose we are, what we believe, where we stand, how we do it. Let it be that a believer knows the power of the message. People, people just want to say the message is not as shallow as people think. Track the background of a person who appears to be very spiritual. You will find there's some concoction of Zion matched up with a bit of impostory, matched up with a bit of other things. That's why they behave the way they behave. Brother, I like the message from that hilly billy preacher, that man from Kentucky called William Branham. It can tell me how to get a baby if I've been barren, I adopt a baby. It can tell me how to beat a cancer if I have something that come upon me. Because there is already a promise that says there is a guaranteed promise that the body will not be breakable. Some people, over the years, you've seen people that say, so-and-so is having a, 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 a breakdown. What Bible are you reading? What tapes are you listening to? He says, no, it happens. You can have a mental breakdown. Yeah, the prophet had a mental breakdown. No, it was your type of breakdown. You know, people can be very funny with this message. I've got to be real. Ah, the real thing is the word. That's why the, the prophet preached this message like looking to the unseen. It says the unseen world is more powerful. That is why even those people that are demonic or inclined to spiritual things, they catch things in the spirit. I'll tell you a little story. I used to work in a mental health hospital. Med people, med. Halabalu, med. Those that eat shoes. I walked in one day at 2, 30, at 2 o'clock, 1.30. And I saw one of the guys. And he called me and says, Crosby, how are you, Pastor Maliko? I said, hey, 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 don't, don't you pastor me. Don't tell me no pastor things. I don't like to be a pastor. I know. What happens with becoming a pastor? I don't like that. I was a second year student then. And the man said to me, you, you don't know it, but you are a pastor. A mad person eating shoes. Someone I was trying to negotiate with to say, you've not bathed for two weeks. Let's go and take a shower. So he said to me, okay, let me give you a sign. To prove to you what I'm saying. When you go home, when you open your door, your wife shall ask you to go and buy some margarine. So I finished my shift 
and I go home and I had a door that was noisy. My wife was making pasta and she realized she had no margarine or butter. So she was saying, because we live right next to a supermarket called Summerfield. So she was saying, as soon as my husband walks in, he normally walks in at 10 to 10. Summerfield closes at 10. So as he walks in, I will say, please rush and buy me some margarine. So I open the door, and my wife shouts, please run and buy me some margarine. I stopped. I went to buy some margarine. I came back. I laughed. I said, ha! A mad person told me, spot on. Spot on. Now, if it was you, you'd have said, that mad person is a powerful man of God. He still remained mad. He still remained mad. If that happens with someone called a brother, you already said that brother has got a gift. He's a prophet. <laughs> That's why the prophet taught us these things clearly and well. Watch out for enticing spirits. That's why that woman walked into the prayer line and Brother Bram says, You will lie on. By a man of God. Can I tell you, my brother, you have a demon. No, you, you, I'm just giving an example. That's why your things never seem to come to work very well. Is that right? Yeah. You, you try a thing, it fails. You try a thing, it fails. Is that right? He says, yes, man of God. Yes, who has ever tried a thing and it went correct first time? <laughs> Someone tells you, you try a thing, it fails. You try a thing, it's a spirit that's fighting you. You say, even you too, you try a thing, it fails. You try a thing. <laughs> even you too. You are trying to have a big church, it's failing. Trying to have a big church, it's failing. Even you too. But if you are told something, you can actually, when you believe it, the prophecies, you can actually accept a demon. And then from that point, you actually begin to take the persona of what you were told. That's why the prophet told people, don't fast for more than three days. You enter into a realm you have no idea. Now, some of you, when you are telling each other testimony, you want, to, you want to size each other up and make yourself feel like you've got such spiritual muscles, you know things. Says, brother, you've, how many days did you fast? Ah, brother, me, me, I struggle. Two days. Ah, two days. You've got to answer. Maybe sometimes it's just a day, two days. The, worst, the best I've ever done is three days. But brother, thank God, God answered. Just, I just said to finish my fast. Says, you... You are the scooter that Muruti Maliko was talking about. <laughs> me, brother, I go for 40. Because me, I'm a supercar, brother. Fast for 40. And then I come out of the fast. Then I eat for two days. Then I get another 40. Now you are a demon. 
you become too spiritual to be earthly good. That is why Paul said, if a woman wants to fast, you ask your husband for permission. Not to scare the man of God. Until the man of God feels like he's the one that's carnal. My wife is a prayer warrior. When she starts, the husband will be hearing you behind closed doors. Lord, I commit my husband into your... Father, if I perish, let me perish. But I'm going to die on my knees, praying for my husband, praying for my children, praying for them. The man of God is intimidated. He wants to say, hey, come and cook, man, the children. He actually feels more carnal by wanting you to come and cook. Now, if you marry a prayer warrior and half the time she has swollen eyes from praying, what wife do you have now? You can't even see how beautiful she is because most of the time her eyes are... She comes out of a fast, she can't bath properly, she's rugged, she's always with sackcloth. Then you just go and say, this issue of wearing prayer warriors. Don't you know you are the head of the home? <laughs> Until you almost get intimidated with your says, You know, I was thinking I should really pray for We are at it again. You see, that's how the devil takes advantage of people. Because you are religiously superstitious. You think, if she wants to be praying, that's got to be God, eh? That's why Paul put some parameters. Let it be with consent. And you quickly get back together. Because the devil might sneak in. How is the devil sneaking in when someone has just finished fasting? Ah, I don't know how I got there. So Walter Major. (laughs) This man overcame every obstacle. Every barrier that was associated with his day and the mentality of the people that were there. Because he focused on wanting to be a champion. He never focused on the cheering crowd. He could have been broken by being told by his fellow black brethren that what you are attempting is dangerous. You don't enter a competitive sport and outclass a white person. This is the time that, look at the dates. But he was unbreakable. That's the guy. Where could a black man find a sports bike? But he was unbreakable. He became a champion. There's not much publicity about him. Probably some of you are hearing it for the first time. Then there was this woman, Gretel Bergen. Gretel also known as Margaret, was born in 1912. 
Sorry, 1914, 12th April. She's a German Jewish athlete who competed as a high jumper during the 1930s. This woman, because she was Jewish, she was expelled from a club because she outclassed all the Germans. And the Germans did not like it because they had an Aryan. They were trying to create an Aryan super race. But this girl outclassed them high jump. So she ended up leaving and went, in, went into exile in England. Then after the Nazis' ascension to power on 30 January 1933, what's the time? She was expelled from the club for being Jewish. You're going into a competitive field. Everyone is booing and throwing cabbages and tomatoes and everything. You are going to compete for a country representing it, yet it's taking most of your family members and your loved ones to concentration camps. This girl, when she went to England, she went and became a British champion because it was in her to excel. Then the German government, when they were trying to lodge their appeal, to say that they are a worthy country to host the Olympics. There has to be an Olympic committee that sees your human rights. That measures everything. Because Olympics was a sport that was started even in the days of Paul. That's why the scripture where Paul says, let us run this race with patience. He is actually taking his theme from the Olympics. Yes. No man who strives for mastery, will entangle himself with things that are not of the... It was all Paul. Brother Branham says, Paul preached at the first Olympics. In case some of you might say, we are veered off the message. This woman, she was now safe in England. And then the Nazi government, because they wanted to make their human rights audit a success. They said to the American government, no, we do have Jewish competitors. What you are hearing about what's happening with concentration, that's all a rumor. Nothing like that is happening. We do have Jewish. So they had to go to their parents and say, if you don't summon your daughter to come and compete, you are going to the concentration camp. The parents had to go to England the father went, the mother remained hostage. Says, right, my daughter, you've got to come. Otherwise, your mother and your brothers will be killed. You have got to come. Then she says, the, mother, the father and the mother decide that when you come, don't excel. Don't beat them at their game. Be the last one. Or the second last. Don't you go and be number one like you always are. At least you are doing it for the safety. At least you are in the team. You've made it in the team. It satisfies their audit requirements. Then they agree. And then this girl had an uncle. And the uncle said, says, now me, I can't compete unless I'm coming number one. And then the uncle said, Exactly. 
They can break you out here, but they can't break you in the field. In the field, you are in control. The uncle said they might boo you as you are walking in, but they will rise up and cheer when you are finished. That's why I do not subscribe to people that say, I'm not being supported. I'm not being supported. No, support yourself. (laughs) Support yourself. Greater is he that is in you. God's put the goods in you. People want a cheering crowd. Says, yeah, uh, you know, the people, the way they reacted when I wanted to do this, nobody supported me. Ah, ah. David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. All his generals has vowed that you made us go to a war in Kayela. Now look, we are back and our families are gone. They cried until they couldn't cry no more. Says, we are killing you. And says, David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. And I went and sought the Lord and said, shall I go to Ziklag? And the Lord said, go, pursue, recover all. You ought to be a self-sustaining system. That's why we are telling you, you are unbreakable. All these people were not broken. They did not have the Holy Ghost. That woman is still alive. You know what they did to her? There was nobody in the Olympic team that could out-jump her. They went and got a little man that looked like a woman to make her compete with her. But he still beat her. He still, he, she still beat him. Gretel. She then migrated to America. They made a stadium in Eona in Germany. And they said that the stadium is actually named after her because she was a phenomenal story. So God takes the marginalized. He took a black man and took a Jewish girl. In case you think it's gender specific, only men can be courageous. We are looking for sisters like Jael, who says, you told me Sisera is where? I'm going to put a nail in that bugger's head. It wasn't a brother that killed Sisera. It was a sister. Your courage should not be gender specific. It should just be the courage because of the message of the hour. One of the most talked about personalities in the message is a woman called Sister Hetty, right? Gretel, that's the lady. They put a man to compete with her. He still beat her. Beat him. At one point, they did everything to discourage her. When others were having a rest, they would punish her. One of the records she set, she had a broken leg, but she took courage and ignored her pain and went and jumped anyhow. She, got, she, she had an injury the night before. If it was others that were nervous for the race, they would have said, no, I will not compete. This is actually God. He has spared, God works in mysterious ways. He has spared me from embarrassment. 
Excuse is not an option. Then there's this man, Alfred Bernard Nobel. How many of you have had the Nobel Peace Prize? Mandela won the Nobel Peace Prize. That prize, Nobel, it is because of this man. It's named after him. He is the one that is the legacy of the Nobel Peace Prize. He was a Swedish chemist, engineer, innovator, armaments manufacturer. How could an armaments manufacturer receive a Nobel Peace Prize? But that's the way our world is. Alfred Nobel. This button is, is uh, difficult, eh? the other side. It says, on... 3 September, I just cut a long story short. Some of you will Google and read. 3 September, 1864. Watch the dates. Remember, God will not do something spiritually before he does it naturally. Watch the dates. In a shed used to be preparing of nitroglycerin exploded the factory in Helenberg, Stockholm. Killing five people when he was doing his experiments. That should have been what should have stopped him to go to his next experiment, that five people have died. But amongst the five people, one of them was his brother, including Nobel's young brother, Emil. His brother died in his experiments that he was doing. Dogged by more minor accidents, but he was unfazed. There was something driving him. It says, Nobel went on to build further factories focusing on improving the stability of explosives he was developing. Nobel invented dynamite in 1867. Natural dynamite. Because the spiritual dynamite was coming at Pentecost. Before you could have the Azusa Holy Ghost explosion, God had to have it forerun by a proper dynamite. Before we could have the prophet preach to us atomic power, there had to be a man called Oppenheimer who also made atomic power. God's patterns never fail. Before they could speak in tongues and explode, pow, 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 there had to be an explosion of a dynamite. Now when we preach, we say, brother, on your mechanics, put the dunamis. It had to be done naturally first. God is building up to a people with such resilience. Once they start, they will not stop until they achieve. The natural forerunning the spiritual. When we see natural achievements, it ought to show us some things that we can do in the spirit as message believers. That's what happened there. He's the inventor of dynamite. Dynamite was patented in U.S. 
Because that's where the restoration of gifts, the revival happened. U.S. and United Kingdom. That's where Smith Wigglesworth came from. And was extensively in mining. We're starting the Industrial Revolution. And building of transport networks internationally. Ah, brother, just take a dynamite. Dynamite, we all like to say it. Dynamite comes in small packages. But have you ever thought how it came about and what it was signifying and what it was typing? So you can't be sitting in the message as me, myself, and I. Gladly will I toil and suffer. Only let me walk with thee, close to thee. No, those songs, some of those songs. They are for the church age of tribulation. just centered what I was about to say. Nobel invented Jejulantite, more stable and powerful than dynamite, but it never came to prominence because God only wants dynamite. Because dynamite has got an origin in the Greek, which also signifies the power of God, which we call the dunamis. Then ballistic processor of codite, all those things. Don't mind about that, but just know that before God could bring the Pentecostal revival, he invented dynamite through a natural man, and that man was unstoppable, which means something was propelling him. He was unbreakable, because just the fact that your brother died in a lab where you were trying to invent something is enough to traumatize you, to say, I never want to be a chemist anymore. From now onwards, I'm going to be a farmer. Going to deal with wars and seeds. They don't explode on anybody. But he continued. Can I still preach? I'm getting somewhere. Then came this man called Jesse Owens. Some of you have heard about him. Tried to make a sports, as a, tried to make a living as a sports promoter. Essentially, he was an entertainer. But Jesse Owens... He's becoming a sports promoter and entertainer after he won four world records right in front of Hitler. One of the only, there were probably two black people at the Olympics, Berlin Olympics, where the Jews who had a white color were discriminated. That's where he overcame. Quit looking at your circumstances. See yourself as a child of God, regardless of color shade. Why do I love a prophet when I'm black and he's white? Because he's a man of God. I couldn't love Modise and say, yeah, because I'm black, now I have to go for Reverend Modise. Uh -uh, uh -uh. William Branham. William Branham. Jesse Owens says, tried to make a living as a sports promoter, essentially as an entertainer. He would give local sprints of a 10 or 20-yard start and beat them in 100-yard meter dash. He also challenged and defeated race horses. Jesse Owens, 1933, could beat horses in running. 
same age, the prophet of God, he's receiving his seven visions. He's talking about the horse riders. Making us know what the horse riders are. Elijah of old told Ahab, go to Jezreel. But he outran the chariots. Signaling that we are in an age where with the Holy Ghost we can outrun a lot of the things that we go through. So when that happened that I saw that a black man, Jesse Owens, he wasn't broken. He was the U.S. representative at the Berlin Olympics. But after he got redundant, he couldn't get a job. And he started to sprint against horses. Huh? And he would outrun horses. Never a man outran a horse in the natural. The only time we know it was Elijah, the Tishbite, running against horses. The only other scriptures that we know, they are like just rhetoric. It says, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. It appears like the Bible is just trying to add scriptures to fill up. When I saw that, I essentially understood the type of a breed of people we should have in the message of the hour. That to me was a fulfilling of a scripture. Now I begin my sermon as I was laying my background. My brother, can you put Jeremiah Chapter 12, as we enter into our sermon, Unbreakable. Put it on the screen. A man ran through a horse, ran over it, outran it. Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah is worshiping God. Righteous art thou, O Lord. When I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. You are a good God. Therefore doth the way of the wicked prosper. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? How many have ever heard that question? Why is it that we struggle, but the wicked, they just go ahead and excel and excel. They don't seem to have problems. You are not alone. Jeremiah had the same moaning spirit. Jeremiah is moaning. Why do the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they happy that do treacherously? How many know a crooked person who appears happy and you're trying to live the straight and narrow and your thing don't seem to be okay? But me, I go to church. I pay tithes. I pay offerings. I even do more. When I go for lunch with Murutis, I pay the bill. But problems don't seem to leave my place. Lord, Jeremiah says, thou hast planted them. How many have a Pentecostal cousin who seems to be doing better than they are and yet they are in the message? And they know that that Pentecostal cousin divorced his first wife, the one he's on, and is actually aspiring to be a preacher. He's just bought something so nice. He's built a house. It's finished. Everything. See, they appear to be planted. They have taken root. Your life is trying a project after each year. They grow. Yeah. 
they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth, but far from their reins. He knows that their worship is lip service. Jeremiah is complaining to God that why is it that with all that I am and all that you do, you are a righteous God, but you leave people that are worthless to prosper. Ah, no, man, Lord. I mean, you should look at us. We are message believers. We endure long services. We don't even know where Brother Madiba got this short one from. But we will sit and rejoice anyhow. Pentecostals, 30 minutes they are done and then they go to their things. Ah, icon. How long shall the land mourn? And the herbs of the field wither. For the wickedness of them that dwell therein, the beasts are consumed. Ah, Jeremiah is putting his case in prayer. He's telling the Lord that, look, these people, they oppress people. You'll be telling me, brother, I made a deal and I made 50 million rand, but he hasn't paid his garden boy for four months. The land is moaning. Even the herbs get wither, they wither. For the wickedness of them that dwell therein, the beasts are consumed. And the birds, because they said, he shall not see our last end. Jeremiah said, Lord, these people are actually thinking you're blind. Deal with them, Lord. Verse number five. This is now the Lord answering Jeremiah. Because God, Jeremiah in his humanistic point, he was praying that prayer. Then the inspiration for the answer of his prayer came through him. Some Bibles from there are written, God's answer to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is expecting God to say, oh, poor soul, Jeremiah, you shall enjoy in the millennium. And then after that, you shall come to New Jerusalem. Oh, don't worry, Jeremiah. It's not for these people. Huh? God answers Jeremiah. If thou hast run with, with footmen and they weary thee, point number one. If your complaints are the same complaints with your white colleague who's not a Christian, it means you are being wearied by human problems. You are meant to be a higher level of a speech. You are equally yoking yourself together with unbelievers. Yet God is expecting the solution provider. You are weary with human problems. That's what God is saying. He says, if you are weary with footmen, and they, if you run with footmen, you are competing with people without the Holy Ghost and they are wearying you. To an extent that you have to bring a complaint before God. <laughs> then God says, then how canst thou contend with horses? Your portion is to run against horses and outrun horses. You are complaining with running with human beings. You are meant to outrun the first horse rider and the second horse rider and the third horse rider and the fourth horse rider. You are running against spirits and you are supposed to outrun them. So for God to make this scripture a reality, 
he made it that a man in the natural outruns a horse in typing it through Jesse Owen because he was unbreakable. You are supposed to not be breakable with the spirit of the horse rider of the first one. You are supposed to outrun every horse rider. Because the horse riders have the spirits that influence what happens on the earth. You are meant to outrun the first horse rider, the second horse rider, the third horse rider, the fourth one, which is death. You are meant to outrun it. You are complaining with little things. You are supposed to be outrunning spirits. You are complaining with the economy. You are supposed to be an economy on yourself. God said that to Jeremiah. Says, my friend, you are complaining human things. If your prayer request tonight is on a humanistic realm, you are less than a Pentecostal. You are supposed to be higher. You are supposed to outrun horses. Which horses was the prophet saying? When thou is to contend. Let us contend for the faith that was once delivered. Because that's the faith that will make us outrun the spirits of the age. Says he. Says, ah, I see you, Jeremiah. Says, and if the land of peace wherein thou trusted... They wearied thee. Then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Some people's peace is in the land of peace. Some people's trust is in the land of peace. Yeah. Your faith is in your bank account. Your relationship with your bank manager. That's the land of peace. That's why you are worried about interest rates. Ah, you know, brother, God is doing well for us by us. You know, he's blessing us. No, you are trusting in your education. I'm very secure, brother. You know what, brother? You are trusting in the land of peace. You've put yourself and had a nice infrastructure until God has to shake that infrastructure so that your trust is in God. So some people have to be shaken out of the land of peace wherein thou trusted, and they weary thee. If you go down because the economy is going down, it means you are being like your neighbor. So when you are at work, and the company is announcing redundancy, and your neighbor is complaining, says, I call this company. Hey, you know what we put into this company? I've been here for 36 days. This is how they treat us. Eh? It's not fair. And you are a Christian. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. No, I've lost weight. I can't even eat. Even me too. I can't even eat. You are racing with human beings and you are weary. Yet God has put you in a pedestal to race against spirits. What happened to the scripture that says all things work together for good? If If you get fired, you say, thank you, Jesus. I knew that if you don't fire me, I would never move out of this place. Oh God, thank you 
for allowing my manager to put me first on the list. I understand my savior that this is as the eagle staring its nest. I'm getting to my level. Watch me from now on. That's when you become unbreakable. God has put the Holy Ghost in you so that you become unbreakable. Hallelujah. Not when Zuma announces something that makes the economy go down. You go, oh. You are trusting in the peace of the land. Can I still preach? Let me go to my quotes. Because now I start my sermon. I told you I was just laying a background. How many are seeing that the scripture of Psalm 34, that not a bone will be broken, it pertains to the bride. And the scripture of outrunning horses, it pertains to the bride. So you are unbreakable. That's Jesse Owen. He's now even a stamp in America. He's now an icon. But he is the man that God anointed to run against horses. So that that scripture can be a reality. And we who have been instructed in the message, when we see that natural type, then we say, bring it on Satan. There is nothing in the earthly dimension that can break a child of God. That's Jesse Owens. Listen to your prophet now. Remember I said, now I'm going to my message. Take it nicely. Listen carefully. Because it ought to make you throw down that pity party. Christ, the bread of life, come down from heaven, humiliating himself, giving his life, that through his life, you might have genuine mercies. Where did that come from? Out of the pillar of fire. That's where it dropped out of. He was up there. That was Christ himself, the Logos, the angel of the covenant. That Moses forsook Egypt, not knowing where he was going, but he was on his road and the children of Israel followed it. That God promised that angel would lead. Is that right? He's talking about the process of Christ, why he humiliated himself, the power and everything so that you can know that it's God in control. Amen. And the process, and look, God said, I'll put my name in him. He won't pardon your transaction, but beware of him. He hadn't been made flesh yet to dwell among us. He to shed his blood to take away our sins. Brother Branham is simply saying, that angel of the Lord, that covenant that Moses was told, I put the angel before you, he will lead you, says fear him, says, that was Christ not made flesh yet. To die for our sins. Are you getting it? And then he says. So. The blood of lambs. And gods. Was very very fragile. It would break easy. So all these people without the Holy Ghost. Elijah and all these patriarchs. They were surviving by a fragile power that could break easily. And now Christ, he says, but now. Somebody say, but now. Somebody say, but now. But now. 
the blood of Christ once shed cleansed until the day of redemption all the way through once perfected through the sanctification process of the Holy Ghost by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that the believer is anchored until the day of redemption he is held the blood of bulls and goats could make you break but the blood of Jesus Christ makes you unbreakable are you hearing that so we see people that had no Holy Ghost natural men like Jesse Owens natural men like Nobel natural women like Gretel all those people without the Holy Ghost could not be broken and then you find a message believer with the Holy Ghost is breakable no 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 that's why I'm telling you tonight you are unbreakable if you are breaking you probably don't have the Holy Ghost but if you have the Holy Ghost you are unbreakable Listen to what the prophet says. We are at Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everybody. I didn't know we was getting this time of the day. I get, I just get lost when I think of the need of the hour. I'll hurry, yeah. And we are born into this kingdom. And we Christians who believe and are in this kingdom. Now, over in the book of Hebrews, we read a while ago, for we receive a kingdom not receive a creed, not receive a system. We receive a kingdom. We receive a kingdom that cannot be moved. The world is breaking, it's falling apart. That's true. And every politician, every denomination, every church will fall to pieces. But we receive a kingdom that cannot be moved. For if they who rejected him, who spoke from Mount Sinai, now you find people now rejecting the prophet. He spoke from Mount Sunset. And the earth shook beneath his voice. He said judgment is struck the west coast. And it shook the earth. And the earth shook beneath his voice. How much more see that you don't reject who? Him, his word that speaks from heaven, from his kingdom. For we are in a kingdom. That cannot be moved. And the prophet says, Amen. Everything that's outside of that. God sent everything. He made it fragile. So it would break. But you are unbreakable. You are unbreakable. Do I have any unbreakable brothers here? If you are unbreakable, shout Amen. If you are unbreakable, shout hallelujah. That's the importance of being in the message. Every other thing is breakable. But not a bone will be broken out of his body. So if you don't want to be broken, be a part of his body. And you don't get into the body by joining. You are bound into the body. When you are in the body... You are unbreakable. Somebody shout amen. 
if you know you are unbreakable, tell the devil, I am unbreakable. That's message believers. That's why Ray couldn't break. That's why we never threw a pretty party. And when your problem comes, you must know you are in a proving ground. And you will not break. But you put a rattling car in a proving ground, it will break. You are unbreakable. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I need a believer that catches this in their spirit and tells the devil, you've cheated me to think that I'm a man. I'm supposed to run against horses. You've made me think I run with human problems. I run against horses, man. I run against spirits, man. I overtake the first, the second, the third, the fourth horse rider because in me, I've received a kingdom that cannot be broken. I am unbreakable. Is there someone here that knows what it is to know who you are? I've just made you download an app to stand in the boardroom while everyone is breathing fire to say, oh no, greater is he that is in me. Every system is meant to crumble. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. That's why when Egypt was breaking, God had to give Joseph to Egypt because Joseph was unbreakable. When Babylon was in problems, God had to make Daniel go there because Daniel was unbreakable. Every believer ought to know wherever you are, you are sustaining the system. Everything else is breaking. Somebody say amen. Somebody say glory. Somebody say hallelujah. You are unbreakable. Everything else around you is fragile. My hope is not built, it's built on nothing less but Christ. Because Christ is the solid rock. Stand on the solid rock, you will be unbreakable. Hallelujah. Believe the good old-fashioned gospel, you will be unbreakable. I don't know who this message is for, but I've come to tell you, Christmas time, you are unbreakable. Give the Lord end in praise. Everything else is fragile. In this fragile condition like that, it's got to break. It's fragile. But remember that we got a kingdom that's solid now. Everything else falls. Getting away. No wonder our brother Eddie Purit said, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Are you with me? This other side of buttons is speaking is not. Yeah. Listen to the message, the power of the devil. Listen to your prophet. But I tell you, when Jesus Christ anoints you, you are not made out of running material. You don't run away from your problems. You face them. Ndinga shkere. I'm not made of running material. If you see yourself unstable, constantly wanting to run, you don't know what material you're made of. Listen to your prophet. He says, 
Somebody say, I'm not made of any material. Please. That's all. Not the rock of Gibraltar, but the rock of ages. You climb on the rock of ages. That's God's word. And take your position there and stand while the gates of hell is battling against it. And say, I know, Pastor. No, I really got no strength anymore. The devil's been hitting me right and center, you know. <laughs> you know, Pastor, sometimes I just wonder whether God loves me or not. Because these things, you know, they weigh heavy on me, Pastor. Every day I have problem after problem. Yes, that's why we are telling you many are the afflictions of the righteous. And yet not one bone will be broken. After all, earth is God's proving ground. Says, take your position there and stand while the gates of hell is battling against it. How many say, having done all to stand, I will stand on Christ the solid rock. While the gates of hell are battling it. Brother, I better hide until this thing. No, we are not made of running material. That's why we don't take bad news sitting. We take it standing. Not so. Don't play with me. That's who we are. That's our calling. That's our predestination. That's why we shouldn't be wimps. And he says, with this perfect assurance that he who promised it will not fail. Not only will he not fail, he will never fail. And the prophet says, Amen. That's faith. That's when you are not scared. That's why they said Peter, when he was running away, he saw his Christ coming. He says, Lord, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Jerusalem to be crucified again. He turned back. God was teaching him that you are not made of running material. Go back and get the Matthias crown. Paul, they had a docket in Jerusalem for him to be killed. And the prophet, Agabus, prophesied, he says, the girdle, the girdle this man says, when he goes to Jerusalem, he's dying. Paul never said, so what shall we do, brother? Let's find a way to hide me and run away. He says, what mean you to me? I'm going there to prove to us that whatever the Lord has got in store for us, we go through it. We are not made of running material. A winner never quits. And a quitter never wins. Listen to this. As I get ready to release you for break so that we can go for our evening service later. Amen. How many is enjoying so far? How many feel so far we are not wasting each other's time? Amen. Laodicean church. These things say the amen. So when I say say amen, I'm simply saying saying Christ. I like that. That's what the prophet says. These things say the amen. 
I like that. It means that whatever he said is final. It means that whatever he said to the first church age, to the first age and to the second and to all ages about his own true church and about the false vine is exactly right and it won't change. It means that he started out in Genesis, he will finish in Revelation. He has to, for he is the amen, the so let it be. Now, when we can see again why the devil hates the book of Genesis and Revelation, he hates the truth. He knows the truth will prevail. He knows that this end will be what his end will be, how he fights that. But we are on the winning side. And the prophet says, we, I mean the believers of the word only, are on the amen side. The amen side is the winning side. How many is on the winning side? 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 The amen side is the winning side. The amen side is unbreakable. May God bless you. Musicians come. How many unbreakable people are in the building? Amen. I think for 2017, all the PC parties have been cancelled. Amen. How many are going to encourage themselves? How many are going to stop running with food men and start running out running horses? <laughs> A round of applause. as we stand to our feet. I think uh, whenever a minister preaches, if you are discerning, you can sense what frustrates the minister most. And as Pastor Crosby Maliko was preaching, the sense that I get what frustrates him most is that the message community is an underutilized force. People are sitting with spiritual AK-47 loaded, but they don't know how to shoot. When the slightest problem comes their way, they cry with an AK-47 in their hands. Amen. I hope, I hope this convention allows you to weigh why, what you have and how important it, it is. Because I can tell you, the prophet of God says, when a believer knows who he or she is, it makes the devil mad. He hates it when you know who you are. Because when you know who you are, you know what you can do. And this convention is just here to bring a realization so that you know who you are. God bless you. A round of applause for the waiter this morning.
And it's, it's, it's very sad. I mean, he, he's dealing with real issues. They announce a retrenchment. A believer cries with unbelievers. They phone each other, complain. I knew the boss did not love me. No wonder my name is there on the, on the list. Come on, believer. You are the one that must say to the others and say, look, the company is in trouble. But I am unbreakable because I'm the body of Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Heal your people. Heal the land. Heal your people. Heal the land.
Oh, see, see, he got. 
great eternal Father. We're so grateful, Lord, to be in your presence this morning, Lord. Lord, just to see how you work, oh Lord. Right from the beginning, Lord, you do not change, Lord. Yes. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. The way, of you, the way you rescued us, Lord, the way you do things, Lord, you do not change, oh Lord. Yes. We see your pattern running right through the Bible, Lord, how you started a thing, he's gonna, how you're going to end it, oh Lord. And we're so grateful to see the promises of your word coming to fulfillment, Lord. Yes. Lord, as your, your, your minister preached, Lord, how great thou art, oh Lord. We just see it running right through, Lord. Mm. And we're grateful, Lord Jesus, that we will not fail, oh Lord. Yes. Lord, you put us on this earth for a purpose, oh Lord. Yes. We're not yet to fail, oh Lord. Yes. We're yet to fulfill a purpose, Lord. Yes. And we are the bride of Christ, oh Lord. You put us yet to see us through, oh Lord. We cannot fail, oh Lord. Yes. We're in a war, Lord, and we're moving forward, O oh Lord. We're not moving backwards, O oh Lord. When our, when, our, when our people, Lord, fall and die, we put them in the grave, Lord, but we move forward, O oh Lord. Mm. We will inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. There's nothing that can stand before us, O oh Lord. And, Lord, we're so grateful to know, Lord, that this message, Lord, will forerun the second coming of Christ, O oh Lord. And, Lord, we move on with it, O oh Lord. We hold the banner in front of us, O oh Lord. Demons will fall. Everything will fall beside us, O Lord. You will see us through, O Lord. We're grateful for this ministry, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it's your choosing, O Lord. Nothing that we've done to be here, Lord. It's your great choosing, and we're grateful for it, O Lord. And we came here today, Lord, to worship thee, to thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us, O Lord. And Lord, just giving the minister, Lord, the word of God that can pick us up and push us more forward to realize, O Lord, that we will be there on that day, O Lord. We thank you, Lord, further, Lord. Be with us further afternoon, Lord, that may come back, Lord, receptive hearts. Ask to see, ears to hear, Lord, and just to feel your presence, Lord, and accept you, Lord. Thank you so far, Lord, and yes. we're grateful for it, Lord. Go with each and everybody further, Lord, and bring us back in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. God bless you. Uh, I think we'll sing a song one or two, then after you are dismissed, we still uh, start our second service at 3.30, like yesterday. Amen. See you at 3.30. God bless you richly. Stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down We bow down And worship Him now How great, how awesome is He We stand and We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord
Oh, yeah. 
Sinto 